0: Yeah, I wish. Nettie, I've had about all I can take of Homer Simpson's torso. I'll get some hot dogs. No footlongs. I know, they make you uncomfortable. Well, I guess no one else wants a t-shirt. That's a
1: damn lie, and you know it! Give me a shirt!
0: You heard him, girls.
1: Hey, t-shirt, t-shirt, t-shirt.
0: A bobby pin. Maud. Oh my lord, she's dead.
1: <gasps> ah. Four finger discount, dude.
2: Oh.
3: Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week, we are here to review a rather depressing episode. It's episode BABF11, Alone Again, Natural Deadly. I am Dando.
2: And I am Guy. And, uh, yes, a bit of an emotional episode, this one. Look, I'll take issue, Dan. I wouldn't say depressing. I would certainly say sad. Uh, but, you know, your mileage may vary. I mean, you may well be depressed by, uh, you know, uh, what this episode explores, what it brings up. I mean, um... I'll, I, I have to say, I mean, I haven't seen this episode since it aired, which is, what, Ned, 20 years ago now. Mm. Uh, but I do remember uh, writing a review of it. Uh, really? The, That's interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, um, I wrote a review for the for the Geelong Addie, the newspaper down here, and, uh, no, I remember distinctly, uh, you know, how, how sort of impactful it was and also how respectful it was. I mean, you know, Ned's often the... Uh, the butt of jokes, good-natured jokes for, you know, how sort of churchy he is and all that kind of business. But something I really admired about this episode, and I think it's something we, we, we're we probably going to talk about in this episode of Four Finger Discount, is, you know, how, um, how important Ned's faith is to him. And... Um, I guess the uh it's the almost like his mistress isn't it <laughs> a little bit but I mean I, I remember just that uh, his final line in the episode I mean I remember being very taken with it back in the day how you know I'm here every week rain or shine and it's like you know good on him I mean every whatever gets you through the night is one of my favorite lines to say you know about uh you know whatever sort of whatever works for you whatever sort of
3: I don't know, makes you happy or gives you meaning. If it makes or- you happy, it can't be that bad, as Sheryl uh, Crow would say.
2: The lovely Sheryl Crow, yeah. I mean, <laughs> very wise words. Probably her second best song after um, All I Want to Do is Have Some
3: Fun. All I Want to Do, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like early 90s, right? That would have been like peak Guy Davis disco era. <laughs> it, it, I don't know about disco era. I mean, that, that's more so oh, of... Nightclub, well, nightclub era, whatever. Yes, but... Uh, I think all I wanna do is a good
2: day drinking song. Well the song's a bad day drinking, but yeah, it's it's the sound. you feel like um oh, you know what? I feel like blowing off work or not working or whatever or blow blowing <laughs> off unemployment. And um yeah, not even waiting till five o'clock to have a beer. I think I might just go and find a good bar and enjoy a enjoy a cocktail or something. Anyway, I think we
3: might do this tomorrow. You've got me you've got me in the mood <laughs> now. I'm gonna wake up, think of a reason not to go to work and go to the pub. <laughs> I like it when I can persuade someone to just, you know,
2: throw their responsibilities overboard and just, you know, pull themselves a, a, a tall, tool, a tool cold one or a, uh, or a short, you know, sharp one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny that you brought up how much you enjoyed this because uh, obviously many of our listeners would be well aware that Mitch and I actually did this for a bonus podcast review, maybe even 18 months, two years ago now. And we both didn't like it. And I think it might have been because we were in the midst of, say, season six or seven when we went jumped forward to do the review. And the show has just changed so much since then. So, maybe we were just comparing it to the show back then. But I re-watched it, obviously, for this review. And you're right. I mean, for me, honestly, there were still some moments of cringe and there were some moments where I sort of rolled my eyes. But I was able to sort of sit back and appreciate, like you said, the, the respect they paid to the Flanders character. The only thing I think this uh, that was a detriment to this episode and this story was I think because of the magnitude of it, it needed to be a two-parter because it just felt a little bit rushed. I mean, he, he loses more at, at the beginning of the first act and by the end of the second one, he's at dating. You know, yeah. they, 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 needed more, they needed to sort of uh, delve into that, so, particularly the relationship between uh, Ned and the kids. I think, and I've read on the Wikipedia page that they were worried that those scenes would have been too sad, the scenes with Rod and Todd. But sad's fine, though, in an episode like this because... While she might have only been a minor character on The Simpsons, these characters meant something to viewers. Like these characters mean a lot. And this character has been in our lives since the very first episode, since nineteen eighty nine. It's like at that point, like ten, eleven seasons by now. It's it's okay to for viewers to feel sad that she has passed away. I don't know, oh, that's just cool. how I felt anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
2: Well I mean, even if, you know, you could you couldn't say any of Maud Flanders's lines off the top of your head, or she didn't have a catchphrase or anything like that. I mean, I think they address that really well with the eulogy that Reverend Lovejoy gives, sort of saying, you know, look, yeah, she wasn't pivotal and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, but she's pivotal to Ned, and Ned is kind of pivotal to the Simpsons, so yeah.
3: she was always there, I think he says, yeah,
2: yes, yes, so I mean, um look, I think you're right, I mean. I don't, I don't necessarily think it need to be a two-parter. I mean, I was a little taken, not taken aback, but um, I'd forgotten that they, they do a sort of a, a leap of a few months. Um, oh, but oh, did they do, so did they leap a few months? Because I didn't actually pick yeah, up on that. Yeah, yeah, Ned says, oh, you know, I, I, I think when um, Homer actually rocks up with the dating tape or something. He goes, oh, I don't know. It's it, and yeah. It's been a few months, and I would feel a bit sort of sketchy about it. something oh, okay. along that those cha- lines.
3: That changes everything because I I didn't actually pick up on yeah. that. Okay, I missed that yeah, one. Okay. Yeah, on, well, that, yeah. that that yeah.
2: His whole journey or the whole Ned yeah, Ned's whole sort of journey in this episode. Yeah, it's not over a matter of days or or even weeks. It's over a matter of months, but we don't actually see those months. Um, yeah, but that is the case. Yeah, I mean, oh god, if he. <laughs> Yeah, if they put Ned in um, sort of, if they put Maud in the ground, and then you know, a fortnight later is like, you know, parading around the uh, the park with Diane the dog lady, you'd be going, uh, yeah, yeah, sketchy writing there, uh, Ian backstone Graham, despite your big credit. Um, no, I don't. I don't think it needed to be a two parter. You're, you're, you're right, in, I think it maybe could have explored a little bit more about it, what it meant to the Flanders family, particularly with um, you know the relationship between. Ned and Ned and his sons, but uh I think in the the space of twenty five minutes or however long this episode was, I think they packed in as much as they they could, and I thought they did a pretty good job with it I mean, of course, it doesn't really sort of get going until Maud actually takes her fatal tumble off the uh off the um the grandstand but i mean all the, all the lead up to that is a bit kind of eh, it's all right. It, but it's yeah
3: well I feel like the first act was a little bit short for that reason because they didn't want to waste too much time on something that was had no real bearing on the, the main story of the episode, which is the Ned and the kids dealing with the the, the death of Maud. Yeah. What I did like about it was although Bart and Homer, they do have you know the the horrible aspects to their character and they still 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 show it in this episode, they still made the effort for Rod and Todd and for Ned.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought it was yeah, incredibly uh, sweet and touching. I mean, uh, the little sort of uh, the kiss on the forehead and all that kind of stuff. That uh, that That was great, wasn't it? It's very. It's. I thought it was. uh, Yeah, very. It was in keeping with Homer, but um, you know, it was funny, but it was also touching. I thought, and and even playing.
3: What's a Billy Graham's Bible blaster or whatever? Well, there goes my trivia question. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> sorry, mate. But um, yeah, but the, the, way say, the way he says, the way he says, you know, he's still being mean in the sense that he's not letting them play. But he's like, "We're a team. We're you a team." Know, it's not, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not normally he would be nice, but he's trying to at least include them. I, I liked that. Yeah. So um,
2: yeah, I I thought it was a, you know, very. Um, it did it did a
3: good job in the in that regard. Do you think they sort of look back on this because obviously. Um, Maud was removed from the show because Maggie Roswell had a pay dispute. She didn't yeah. want to have to pay the traveling costs of coming to, to LA to, re, to record the show and they wouldn't pay her. I think they only offered her like $150 extra a, a week or per episode or whatever and she just said, not happening. Mm. So, she left. Um, so, that's why they killed off Maud. And she was actually... I. It always... It makes sense because you listen to Maud in this, and I think it was a previous episode where I heard Maud and went, "That doesn't really sound like Maud." Well, it wasn't because was she was replaced. <laughs> um, but eventually, Maggie Roswell would return to the show. So, do you think they look at this as sort of like a wasted opportunity in the sense of do you think they regret killing off Maud because it sort of it it really changed the character of Flanders to the point where Flanders didn't really feel like Flanders anymore without having well- Maud there.
2: Tell me, I'll explain how. Tell me, tell me more.
3: Because they were, they were, you never really seem to see them as a family unit. Because like, they used to always sort of show the Flanders as a direct comparison to the Simpsons. Right. But when Maud wasn't in the picture, it was sort of hard to do that. And also, it's hard, it's, it's hard as a viewer to have Homer then be a jerk to Flanders again in the future after watching this. That's a really good big, point. If the, yeah. the guy's lost his wife, why are you going back to being a dick to Flanders? You know what I mean? Like that's it 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 didn't sit well. But at the same time, I mean this
2: episode does talk a fair bit about the necessity of moving on even when something terrible has happened to you. I mean, that of course that doesn't necessarily mean a reset to you know, the past, but You can't sort of walk on eggshells your whole life around someone after something terrible has happened to them, I don't think. I mean, look, that probably paints me as someone who's terribly, terribly insensitive. But, um, yeah, look, you you raise a really good point there, Dando, but, um, yeah, the the home and Ned relationship has to sort of have that combative kind of relationship. I think it's good for both characters that... uh, Yeah. And good for the show in general.
3: It's like like black and white, you know, they're they're opposites that make for good humour, yeah.
2: They act as a good counterbalance to one another.
3: Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so all in all, I just I th- I really did enjoy this a lot more because you, you go back and listen to our um our review with Mitch, which is available exclusive to all patrons. You just got to be a dollar patron, you get access to that uh, that extra version of this review. And I shit on this episode. I didn't like it, and I sort of regret that now. That's one of my regrets because I rewatched it now through different eyes, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's actually it's actually not too bad. The first act is pretty shit. The, everything that leading up to more dying is pretty whatever. But yeah. after that, it's not too bad. The only moment that I sort of went. Oh, I don't really like this. Even though it kind of fit the character, was Mo being rude to Flanders at the wake. <laughs> we talk about our favorite
2: scenes of each episode. That was actually mine. Are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> okay. It's it's so inappropriate that it's sort of I'm glad they went full throttle with it. If he was just kind of, you know, if Mo was, you know, kind of gingerly saying oh, you know, that Maud was real nice, but he's just so inappropriate and they just go so hard into it. It's like, <laughs> I really found it hilarious.
3: Well, see, this is this is good because if that's your favourite moment of the episode, then we're, we're set because that's the direction of the show going forward and you're, you're going to enjoy every episode going forward now. <laughs> 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 um, actually, before we get into our review and our favourite yeah. moments and everything, oh, yeah, we do one, have... We one do, we one do- other
2: thing I'd like to, to talk about though, like, quickly go. is... um. Um, and I don't want to sort of play, you know, cheap armchair armchair psychiatrist here, but I mean, if it's about eighteen months, two years ago that you, you know, you reviewed this episode and didn't like it, I'm guessing that there's stuff that's happened in your life since then that may prompt you to view it differently. I mean, I'm and again, sorry, I'm putting on my Dr. Freud hat here, but I mean, how old is Elliot now? I mean, Elliot is what two? Or he turns two
3: in about two
2: or three weeks on July thirteenth. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, I'm guessing that maybe fatherhood or something like that may have something to do with it. I mean, I certainly know well, that. Well, when-
3: it, it, it's well, it definitely. Sorry to interrupt, but it definitely made me look at um, the the impact it would have had on Rod and Todd differently. Because I sort of mm. you sort of put yourself in their shoes and think, oh God, if I lost, you know, if I lost Nicola or whatever, it's like how. That, that's why I wanted them to explore that that relationship more because they didn't really at all. You saw Bart yeah. with the kids and in Home with Flanders, but I'm like, how how do you as a single father Help your kids, you know, move forward from the loss of their mother. It just—it just must be my of the most heartbreaking and, you know, difficult things to ever have to go through. And I understand—I understand why they left it out because it would have been very depressing. It just would have been nice to have just touched on it.
2: Sure, sure. I mean, look, without wishing to sort of delve too deeply into my personal life or whatever. I mean, the first time I saw this, I was, you know, a couple of years into a, into a, a relationship with the woman I would eventually marry. You know, I was, you know, very much thinking about, oh, this is someone that I really want to, you know, <laughs> spend the rest of my life with. Sadly, I didn't, but, you know. Um, so it affected me in that regard. And now re-watching it now, I'm in the midst of another, you know, a <laughs> great great, uh, great relationship with it's someone that hopefully I will, you know, spend many, many years with. So I don't no, know. I the, lo-
3: the, the Lovely Louise
2: has a church lovely. band, right? That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, you know, you get a little mileage on the meter and, you know, a lot of this shit becomes a lot sadder.
3: Anyway, that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Before we get into our favorite moments and trivia and new names and all the all the other stuff we do here on Four Figure Discount, we, um, we got a message today on the Four Finger Discount Patreon group from one of our beloved listeners, Mr. Henrik Winterland. Mm-hmm. And he asked, requested if we could give his mother Maria a shout out. She's currently in the midst of a, a battle with cancer. And um, we just want to let you know, Maria, that our thoughts and prayers go out to you. And on the behalf of the entire Four Finger Discount community, um, we wish you nothing but love and health in the future. You've got a great son there in Henrik, and he loves you to the end of the earth, and he wanted us to give you a shout-out. So, Maria, I hope you're listening. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for, for giving birth and raising Henrik into such a fine young gentleman that he is. And, um, yeah, we uh, like I said, thoughts and prayers go out to you.
2: Henrik seems pretty cool. Maria, you did right. Um, you certainly did. D-
3: great d- great last name.
2: uh <laughs> <laughs> Dando said it better than I ever could, so we'll just, we'll leave it at that. But uh, as he said, thoughts, prayers, peace, solace, all
3: that good stuff. Hey, my favourite. All right, favourite moment. So yours was Mo being a dick? <laughs> <laughs> but my, it's, mine? Okay. Yeah. No, no. it. <laughs> I don't know why. I just I just loved it. <laughs> I I love the fact that it's your favorite moment. Like I just remember when Mitch and I did the review. That was like the the moment that we all just went. This is the show. jumping in the shark. And you're like, no, it's my favorite moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: it's qu- it's quintessentially mo. It's I mean, it is very mo. He he, yeah. he wants to he wants to do right.
3: He's like, and he has tried to kill himself in the past. So why not?
2: Yes, indeed. And you know, this is his reward. I mean, just as our. A- you know, just the suicide bombers are you know tend to get promised seventy-two virgins or whatever. Uh, Mo gets Maud Flanders in heaven.
3: Uh, my favourite. That's probably highly was... inappropriate. Mo-, <laughs> Mo-, Mo also featured in my favourite moment. <laughs> so from from, Fla- from Flanders' dating video, what are you doing, Homer? <laughs> Just the three of them outside the bar like that. that <laughs> the was- three second pause, just stare at the camera. These, or do you want to end up like a loser? What are you doing, Homer? <laughs> 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 it was so good. <laughs> oh man, oh so great. But also, uh, I love the the subtle moments, like um, like the kids cuddling Ned at the end. Like we knew he would like come back to his senses, mm. and things like that. Really, really, just nice touches that I didn't pick up on when I first went back and reviewed it. Also felt really sad. There was one shot that I wanted to point out, and we will get to it in the review, of it's at the beginning of the um, of the wake, and everyone's sort of just talking and whatnot, but Flanders is just sitting there by himself looking sad yeah. on the couch. Great shot.
2: Oh, yeah. There's a lot of, yeah, just nice little moments like that that, yeah, they're not telegraphing or anything like that, but they're just, you know, uh, showing how alone or isolated or you know, lonely, yeah, lonely you would feel in a moment like that i mean 100 uh, percent. yeah i mean there was there was a yeah just a scene in this that uh a moment in this that really really got me when um
3: he mentioned that actually don't don't tell me what it is let's wait till we get to it because I was, I was intrigued when he messaged me that
2: okay then well we'll talk yeah. about it when we talk about it
3: yes let's do it
1: next question you there eating the paste
3: trivia for this week all right i'll kick off all righty let's do this <laughs> okay then a Ford was urinating on a particular vehicle on a T-shirt that the Hibbets got at the car racing. What kind of car was it?
2: <laughs> it's a Chevrolet. A that Chevrolet. was one of, mine,
3: one of mine as well. Mine
2: was, you know, oh, okay. what, what did Dr. Hibbett not laugh at? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, my question. What is uh, the number on Clay Babcock's car? Ooh, is it three?
3: No, it is 42. 42. Nothing, it, it's... In between four and two.
2: <laughs> so there you go. That, your, your, brain is,
3: your brain works in a mysterious way, Mr. Dando. It does. Uh, what did Homer Bandanda pick up, which resulted in more being hit by the T-shirts?
2: Oh. Oh, I want to say food. No. Not food related? Was it- A, mm, a, a bobby pin. Oh, bobby pin. That's, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh. <laughs> did he look more out of shape than usual?
3: He did. With his shirt he, c- yeah. he certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, kind of like me when I look in the mirror these days.
2: <laughs> oh God, be Same, believe me. Um, what the the at the twenty twenty one t shirt salute at Maud's funeral? What does the t shirt say?
3: Ah, oh, it says "rip." I know that. Can't it's remember a, what is it.
2: It says "let her rip." R- Let I her rip. Mean. Yes, that's yes. right. I knew it said "rip." Which, a, n- a nice bit of wordplay. Let her rip. Because yeah, of course they're
3: you know uh, when you when you fight your guts out <laughs> <laughs> there is that too. Um, I was going to say so when Homer gets that shirt and he goes finally, I mm. like that because he didn't get a T-shirt at the car racing. Oh, correct. <laughs> uh, my next question is: What is the name of the the, the um, commitment dog? Oh, is it? A- it's booby or bobby? Nah, f- foofy, foofy.
2: Oh, let me tell you, I would, I would certainly paddle away from
3: Diane as fast as I could. <laughs> we don't like the sound of that. Maybe she was just unbearable. <laughs> she reminded me of um wedding crashes. Cause I'll find you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, but the difference is, I mean, I would probably put up with that shit from Isla Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't? <laughs> uh, your next question. Um, when Ned is playing Scrabble with himself, uh, mm. what does he get? What is his is score? Ni-
3: 90 points? It is. Off a triple word It's a word lot of score. points, yeah. Yeah, he did well. There's, um. Did you see what the words were, by the way?
2: Yes, they were all very sad, yeah, if, lonely no, words.
3: Yes, definitely. Uh, and my final question is, what is the name of the band that the drummer left for?
2: Oh, Oh actually sorry
3: no so sorry the drummer in the band now is from which band they uh, go hey isn't isn't that the drummer from this band is is it Satanica? satanica yes, yeah, yeah okay well, in a
2: related question uh they lost their drummer to what kind of band ah uh,
3: uh, some some form of scar band
2: it was a Pentecostal scar band <laughs> we've we're very on the same page with our with our questions I think we're re- we are we
3: maybe, maybe we're just finding the obvious ones I don't know I think so I think there are certain things that leap out. Alrighty, I feel like it's time for some new names. What about you, Mr. Davis? Oh, I'm all, all over it. I'm all about it.
0: From this day forward, your names will be...
3: Alrighty, new names. Before we get into them, before we get into this week's leaders, we're going to read out the leaders of Patreon, the $20 patrons, Jordan, Moleman, Richie, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zer, Christopher Darby, Chris Malion, and Will Manthorpe. You gentlemen are all absolute champions. We love each and every single one of you. You're a hall of fame. As well as shout-outs for our new patrons, we've got shout-outs for here uh Lois Newman, Guy Bellamy, Jack Giles, Van Guise, Van Guise, Van Guise, that's a pretty cool name, as well as Stephen Roberts. Thank you so much, guys, for jumping on board the Four Finger Discount bandwagon. We love you all. Thank you very, very much. We certainly appreciate it. I think
2: I, I, I probably appreciate it more than Dando does, and Dando <laughs> really appreciates it.
3: The current leaderboard, we see still at top position, Gia Garode Harrowhill on 13 points. In second position, Andrew Parker on 10. And it's a three-way dance for third. We've got Alistair Danock, Christopher Darby, and Jimmy Faruja on seven Ooh. points each. What have we got what?
2: this week? Ooh. We have had an embarrassment of riches with the new titles this week. I mean, uh, I love
3: it. People love the new name segment, man. I'll tell you, it's the best part of the
2: show. <laughs> it's, it's a good one. I mean, you know, it, the people are exercising their imagination and their, uh, their wit. They're doing a very, very good job. I have got a more than uh, about half a page full of uh, honourable mentions here. But of Ooh, course, let's they can, do it. Yes. Yeah. So before we get to the whole three, two, one of it all, let's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, throw out a bit of a, a shout out to say, Chris Darby. For um, the Ian MacStone Graham episode, spectacular, <laughs> <laughs> or Andrew Parker for a matter of wife and death, uh, Catherine Wormsley for Speedway to Heaven. That's uh, yeah, pretty good. Here is what I like from Alice Cayley Burton: Dia de los ma- uh, Mordos.
3: Okay, so is, is that the Dead the Dead board?
2: It it is. Uh, yeah, well, Dia Dia de los Muertos is the Day of the Dead. And, um, oh, okay. Nice. And, and uh, that is uh, Dia de los Modos. Very um, clever. Well done. I just like uh, doing my Mexican spa- slash Spanish <laughs> accent there. <laughs> oh, I tried to. <laughs> Indeed. Um, what else we got here? Our man Gia uh, mm. with happy G- flandings. <laughs> Not a bad so,
3: one. So, so gear still doesn't make the top three, or are you are going to lose your top spot if you don't pick it up Pick up your game, Indeed, mate?
2: Indeed, gear. Oh, get your gear in the game, mate. Uh, a Star Wipe is born from our friend Daniel Kotnick.
3: I did love that. The old Star Wipe is great, isn't it?
2: Star Wipe is wonderful. That is so good. <laughs> uh, but let's get to the 3-2-1 of it. Oh, let's um, do this on three points.
3: Uh, sorry, one uh, point. Third position. When,
2: one point. Um, look, it's a bit of an unwieldy title, but it's one that made me laugh. Uh, Maggie Roswell's unsuccessful pay negotiations with Fox. <laughs> is
3: that really worth one point? <laughs> I reckon it is. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know the backstory. The, 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 the key is to, the key is to entertain guy, and that's what you did.
2: Well, yeah, I didn't know any of the backstory about Maggie Roswell or anything like that uh, until after, until after the episode. And I did a little bit of research. I'm like, oh golly, Jesus, pinch your pennies, Fox. Good on you.
3: Yeah, I know, right? Hundred fifty bucks. But um, who gets the one point for this week? Well, that's one point. That's, that's Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy got the one point. Sorry, I didn't hear you say Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. He's now on eight, so he's outright third as it currently stands.
2: We are indeed. Now, here's something. This is a, a, a first for the new title segment. Mm. We actually have a tie for second for, for the two points. Both Ooh. of these people get two points.
3: Well, okay, then. Is this, okay. is this allowed? You can make up your own rules. It's your segment.
2: <laughs> it's my segment, man. Yeah, I'm making up the rules as I go. <laughs> <laughs> I I play by my own rules. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, a tie, a tie for two. What have we got? Who have we got?
2: One of them is our man Jordan Moleman Richie. Oh, Richie uh,
3: has he? He's had he's on six points now. What has he got?
2: Shuffle off this mordial coil. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty good. I like that. I like that. Uh, and another two points go to Luke McKay or Mackay for mm-hmm. four nettings and a funeral.
3: I that was my favorite. I loved that
2: that's a pretty good one Luke but sometimes McKay. sometimes McKay, you know
3: McKay.
2: yeah sometimes you have got to play a bit of a numbers game and sometimes someone just you know someone brings volume as well as quality
3: and this time around it's DL Gorman oh DL he- got oh he's on the board again so that's only four points what's he brought well he's got three
2: good uh, three good new titles in here i think mm. so i think he's earned three points for that uh, one of them is Weird do mm, Oh, that's the other one I really enjoyed. Yes, that was very good. Yeah, That's pretty good. Um, Swan songs, footlongs, and Ned's dong.
3: <laughs> How awkward <laughs> is that? <laughs> Knowing that Flanders <laughs> is just hung like a horse. <laughs> yeah, you, you see a lot of
2: Ned in this episode.
3: <laughs> you do, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's it's funny because the joke, no footlongs makes you uncomfortable, doesn't pay off until that scene.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also uh, Mordimento mori," which is uh, yeah. it's Latin, and I, I no, I, I should know what it means off the top of my head, but I do. not But it's like um, it's something to do with death. <laughs> well, that's
3: say. good. Well, well, well done, Mister DL. That's two weeks straight now. You've been a patron again for two weeks straight, and you've 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 topped the uh, you've you've hit some points on the leaderboard. So now he's in on four points, but still. The top three stands as it does because uh, Girod is still Girod is still on uh, 13 points. Andrew Parker is still on 10 points in second position. But Jimmy has gone up one point, making him outright third on eight points.
2: Good, good stuff. All around. By the way, a memento mori is an artistic or symbolic reminder of the inevitability of death. So Ooh, there that's
3: go. very, very clever. Well done, Mr. Gorman. Indeed.
2: So, yeah, good work. Wait, have we
3: established that D.L. Gorman's a a male yet? Or are we just just referring to them as male?
2: Uh, I think we're... I prefer not to know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mystery. The mystery of D.L.
3: Gorman. Alrighty, guys. After the break, we'll be back for our review of Alone Again Natural Diddly. Original air date for this episode was February 13th, 2000, almost Valentine's Day. The chalkboard gag is, My suspension was not mutual. And the couch gag is where the family all drive in on bumper cars and they attack Homer and pit him against the wall and smash the shit out of him. Oh, um, the epi- yeah. The episode kicks off with the family going for a stroll through the Springfield Nature Reserve on a hike. Yes, well. I really, I really appreciate the bear crapping in the woods gag. I really appreciate that, you know, it's outdoor sex by permit only. Yeah. <laughs> if you could get a permit for outdoor sex, would you apply for one?
2: Would it cost anything? Or is it more no. sort of like... No, it's just
3: then, the, it's just the embarrassment, or the you know having you need to go to in the paper- there and request one. Well,
2: you you never know how diligent the uh, you know the park rangers are going to be, but if you've got the paperwork to sort of back it up, because also you never know you know. There's that old saying, "When nature calls," I mean, usually it means you need to take a shit, like a bear or Homer, but um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you might be in the uh, in the great outdoors with your significant other, and you know the mood'll just take you. You want to get back to nature. You want to get all Adam and Eve, baby. It gets um, very dirty though. Well, true. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had that much sex outdoors. Or in <laughs> or indoors for that matter. Speaking, <laughs> anyway. Speaking
3: speaking of outdoor sex, one of my favorite Margin Homer moments is when they're about to have sex on the beach and Homer's like, I've got sand in my underpants. And she's like, Me too. Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> I like that is just married life to a tea. It's so great. Yeah. Um but yeah, so the bear crapping in the woods, putting its bag in the in the bin was great. Love that.
2: It's very nice looking nature as well. It's good work by the animators.
3: Yes, yeah, you're right. Um they overhear some Africanized bees. Um Homer prepares himself by spraying a lot of you know repellent on his dick.
2: With <laughs> <laughs> is, is African strength bee gone.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um they uh, they realise that it's actually a raceway that they've built right in the middle of the um of the nature reserve. The animals though it doesn't matter because they're all adapting. The you got the the beavers using tools to to hit each other and uh, kind of like gladiators wasn't it for, for beavers? It was. <laughs> the chameleon
2: that uh, uh, you know merges onto the uh, was it a, an oil can or something? Something, something like
3: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um and the bird requests that Marge show him her boobs. <laughs> you better do what he says, Marge. <laughs> now, what did you think of the Ian e. Maxstone Graham line? Uh, like his his name popping up, like to me, that's one step too far for the Simpsons. But I can understand that some people would like it.
2: A bit fourth wall breaking. I, I thought it was pretty funny. You know, I mean, I don't know. Is it? It's. I don't think it's one they've sort of done all that often, is it? I
3: don't think they've ever done it. No, not have yeah. the, the the writer's name appear like that. No.
2: Yeah, so for it to it's a bit unexpected, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah,
3: I'll go with it. Um, Clay Babcock arrives, you're on fire. It was great. Great <laughs> wordplay. I thought you would... I watched that and went, God, I would appreciate that wordplay. <laughs> I did indeed. <laughs> um, Bart asks, he requests a joyride. I did like that he asked Um, he asked Marge for, for permission before just going into the car <laughs> with a strange indeed. gentleman.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I like that Marge was you know, all for it. And actually, I, I did like that... Uh, with Bart in the back, and you, re- you realize that uh, Clay Babcock's missus is actually on the uh, in the passenger seat. I like the way he sort of talks as well. Uh, sometimes I let my wife drive; she's good.
3: Yeah, <laughs> she's good. Yeah. <laughs> did, did the make you a little bit uncomfortable that she was just breastfeeding there? Like I was just like, oh, I never realized that she's just breastfeeding in a fucking race car.
2: <laughs> didn't uh, a little didn't dangerous make me for too the baby? <laughs> but, <laughs>
3: yeah. make, the fact that she's breastfeeding does not make me uncomfortable. The fact that she's got a baby breastfeeding in a high speed car. <laughs> <laughs> Clay knows what he's doing. He does, Clay does know Except when he's driving his A car
2: Oh yeah, good point
3: um, He offers the Simpsons some spare tickets Lisa says, oh we can't, you know, we've got to go see nature Lisa, this is our chance to see cars driving <laughs> um, And this is where the episode kind of begins um, Flanders arrive
0: Hi home home pedal to the metallophiles Flanders? Since when do you like anything cool? Well I don't care for the speed But I can't get enough of that safety gear Helmets, roll bars, caution flags. I like the fresh air and looking at the poor people in the infield.
1: Dang, Cletus, why'd you have to park by my parents? Now, honey, it's my parents too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that guy just sort of felt a little bit flat to me. I was like, I don't know whether Maud would actually say that. Just felt a little bit out of character. Then we get like the fucking... <laughs> It the did feel a little joke. <laughs> it felt a little uncharitable of Maud, I've got to say. Yeah, I was just like, it didn't. It just doesn't come across like something Maud would say. Um, yes, but I did like the, the the little sort of banjo bit at the
2: end of the whole incest gag. You know, it's like we know that this is stupid and tasteless, so we're going to try and you know show that we realise that as well.
3: The crowd are all disappointed because they're there to see some car crashes and cars nearly crash and then they don't, and they nearly crash and then they don't. But as Humble points out, a watched car never crashes, does it? <laughs> and yeah,
2: and that is immediately proven when he's looking away. And of course, there's a, a bit of an accent. Also, liked I liked Ned's line when um, I forgot what Rod's actually asking for, but it's uh,
3: absolutely hard, Roddy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think it's when uh, Rod asks can they move down closer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So the next scene here I thought was a little bit silly because it doesn't it doesn't blend well with what comes afterwards. So Homer's up in the stands. Then it cuts to Homer driving his car into the pit stop as a standalone thing. Really funny. You know, it's Homer. They don't realise it's Homer. He drives off. But then the very next shot, he's back up sitting with the family again.
2: Yeah. it's. I was like, eh, right. It's a good gag, but I mean, it's sort of, (laughs) it's a bit disconnected from everything else. Like, yeah, why? (laughs) But eh, I I must admit, I did get a laugh out of it.
3: Yeah, yeah. And that's all I can ask for these days. Make me laugh. Um, (laughs) so, So, something for the guys. So, we get home here. Finally, Finally. <laughs> um, as the uh, as the t-shirt girls, you know, I've never been to a place where the actually no, tell a lie for the first time last year, I actually experienced the t-shirt guns at the football. They're firing up into the crowd, but oh, until then, really? I'd never I'd never seen a t-shirt gun in real
2: life. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen one in real life. I mean, I didn't. I clearly didn't go to the same match as you, but uh, no, I've never seen one.
3: Did, um, I, I, that that, that well, does sound what, what very satisfying velo- to shoot though.
2: What was the velocity like? I mean, did they? But All could I, you see that they were actually you know were they coming out of the uh, out of the barrel pretty quick or
3: well she was she was pointing it up and she fired it so this is completely localised but anyone who's been to GMHBA Cadidia Park Geelong's home ground where your dad won many a football games and coached many a football game um, <laughs> so you, she's yes. down the she's down the city end about you know a couple of meters in from the boundary and she mm-hmm. points it up and she was shooting it into the standing area whoa so that's a good twenty thirty meters you reckon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. The, if, the, if not more.
2: The T-shirt gun's got a bit of caliber on it.
3: Yeah, 100%. If, if, if Like, if you point a, a T-shirt gun at somebody, you're doing some damage. Oh, God. <laughs> also um, depends so it, on the kind of T-shirt it is as well. Yes, that is true. So, the, the next scene here. Now, it wasn't until I did some proper research on this that I appreciated this scene. So, Lenny getting hit by the tire. When I watched this, I was just like, oh, what was what was the need for that, right? Besides the fact that the crowd was disappointed that he was okay. But mm. the reason that was put in was so that they could include it in the commercial and make everyone think that Lenny was the one that was going to die. Yeah. Yeah, so I remember when this first came out, it was being, you know, positioned as, which one of your favourite characters is going to die? And it it was, for for someone who was like 10, still in the midst of his, you know, peak Simpsons fandom, it was a big deal, I remember. Don't kill Lenny or Carl. (laughs) You killed Lenny. Um, (laughs) So... Yeah, so then Homer's, you know, he requests a shirt, takes his shirt off. What was it, Ralph? Mummy Pikes. has bosoms like that? I wish. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> but Maud leaves because she can't take Homer Simpson's torso anymore. It's making her too uncomfortable. Um, she goes to get some hot dogs and we get the, the no foot longs. longs. So you watch this and that that makes absolutely no sense. Why, why would they make him uncomfortable? But then we, we find out later on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he draws, Homer draws the source target on his stomach. They fire the guns up and thus... Ends Maud Flanders' time on The Simpsons. So long, Maud. We hardly knew you. Until she returns as a ghost in Triassic of Horror episodes. Wait. Um, we return for commercial and Homer and Marge are getting ready for the funeral. Um, Homer's being a bit of a jerk here, but it's still funny. We actually had a, um, a patron write in, Alice. Uh, she's saying that they um, she included that the pat on the butt joke as part of her wedding vow. <laughs> <laughs> I got, now, I've, I've got to admit, I mean, the lead up to the whole...
2: Maud getting hit by the t-shirts thing, falling off, and and all that, and you know, it means, the it's pointless. It means nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I was kind of dreading it. I got to say, I was like, oh, it's going to happen, isn't it? Oh, damn. Uh, I mean, not that I'm particularly attached to Maud Flanders, not like not like Mo, for instance. But uh, I was like, hmm. yeah, it's a bit bit sad, bit sad for Ned, bit sad for the kids. Yeah, wish it didn't have to happen.
0: It's hard to believe. We're never going to see Maud again.
1: And poor Ned didn't get a chance to say goodbye. Well, from now on, I'm never going to let you leave the room without telling you how much I love you and how truly special. This is really eating up a lot of time. Maybe just a pat on the butt. Yeah, that worked.
0: Now, homie, you know Ned and the boys need us, and you know what that means.
1: I know. No more being a
3: jerk.
0: That's right.
3: He's, he's sad that he can't be a, a jerk anymore, but at least yeah. he can acknowledge it, <laughs> that he's not going to be a jerk. And the thing is, for the rest of the episode, he stays true to that. He's not a jerk he to d- Homer. He does indeed. Uh, to yeah. to Flanders. sorry. Um, so they're at the funeral, and we get all the gravestones of the previous deaths. So I thought that was a nice touch.
2: Yeah, I also like that uh, that Frank Grimey Grimes' gravestone has pretty much gone untended. Looks- What's
3: good is um I like the the, the Beatrice one um it's Grandpa's girlfriend friend, for those who yeah, couldn't like, remember yeah it's like <laughs> who, who's that yeah <laughs> well, still one of the best endings to any episode do you remember that one where he gets he gets the girlfriend and she leaves him all the money and he ends up using it to on the oh, retirement yeah, that, home
2: oh yeah that's my oh it's one of my favorites I mean that whole that whole line about dignity's on me oh yeah that 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 gets me more sad than this episode I imagine yeah I always it's, get, it's it's fair. I always get misty at that because I mean yeah. Take care of old people. <laughs> Don't
3: rip them off. Don't be mean to them. Show them some respect. If there's one thing we've, one thing COVID nineteen has taught us is yes, look after old people.
2: Yeah, they're cool. I mean, well, some are cranks, but you know, but you know, they've been around longer than you. Show them a little respect. I, I will. I will not. I have no tolerance for people who rip off or disrespect old people.
3: Unless they're in front of you in, in traffic and they're driving too slow, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh fuck those people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, you mentioned earlier that Lovejoy's speech is a, a sort of like a, a a spoof on just talking to the audience. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's representing her her um her spot on the show. You know,
2: absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I and mean, if we'd lost yeah Lenny, I mean, yeah, I mean that would have been uh, they probably would have made that a two parter or something like that. But uh, yeah, the fact that Maud was very much on the periphery, more so than say Lenny or Carl or whoever. Yeah, I mean you're reminded of the fact that yeah yes, a peripheral character but still central to yeah, the the um the lives of the people who
3: loved it. Well it's it's like, it's like a jigsaw. It might only be one piece missing, but that one piece missing fucks the whole thing up.
2: Dando, that is a that's a, a very good point, very elegantly made. Well said, sir.
3: <laughs> With the word fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> In many ways Maud Flanders was a. Uh... Supporting player in our lives, she didn't grab our attention with memorable catchphrases or comical accents. A
0: yar, oh Glavin, why Glavin?
1: But whether you noticed her or not, Maud was always there, and we thought she always would be. My friend's life is about change. Just yesterday, a poo was a lonely bachelor. (laughs) Just thank God those days are over. And the Van Houtens were enjoying a storybook marriage. Yeah, lots of storybooks have witches.
0: Shut up, Kirk. Sorry.
3: Now, one thing I never actually realised is I don't think we've heard Luann Van Houten and uh, Helen Lovejoy and other characters that were voiced by Mickey Roswell speak on the show in season eleven. Oh wow! I don't. I, I never really realised it. I may be wrong, but. Uh, because of this pay dispute, she obviously wouldn't have been called in, so maybe they just wrote her characters out of the show. I didn't realise. I could be wrong, though. Um, they fired, like you said, the T-shirt gun salute, and Homer finally gets his T-shirt. Mm. They're now at the wake, and Flanders is all alone on the couch, and um, it's a very depressing visual, but I'm glad they put it in there, because it was important to highlight just how lonely one would feel in Flanders' position.
2: Oh, yeah. Even when you're surrounded by well wishes and all that kind of stuff, yeah, you still feel like you are, yeah, missing someone who is, yeah. Part of you, the other yes. half of you, even, yeah, and
3: they and they always and she will always be a part of, of Flanders, regardless of what happens. Um, Apu offers to give him all of Moore's frequent squishy points and just, just being just being a nice uh, uh, Samaritan. And then Mo comes in for, for the creep show,
2: <laughs> also, yeah, but I also did like um, Apu sort of saying he was Rant. bit bit fed up with the uh, head office and their Bombay attitude, Need <laughs> yeah. Ned, my
1: friend. Please know that the Quickie Mart is there for you, 24 hours a day. Oh, thank you, Appu. And I'm going to give you all of Maud's frequent squishy points. The boys at headquarters will not like it, but I'm getting pretty sick of them and their Bombay attitude. Yeah, that's they-
0: enough there, Appu. Look, Ned, I know we ain't hung out much. Uh, what was your insane fear of drinking and me being banned from the church and all, but uh, but that Maud... She was really something. Oh, wasn't she? Thank you, Mo. I appreciate that. No, I really mean it though. I mean if it was you that died, I would have been on her so fast. What are you saying? What? Nothing. She was hot. What? You can't take a compliment? He's hot you monster! Ah, that's good, no. Let it out. That's it. Let it out. Send me the more. That's it. Ah. Oh, here I come, baby. Oh yeah!
3: Bart ruins the cake. Just typical Bart behavior. But the March says, go play with Rod and Todd and them playing with the ball by themselves. It's funny because like, well, it's not funny, but it's like these two characters, Rod and Todd, we don't really know that much about them. And I think this was would have been a good way to kind of tweak their characters and maybe have them be a bit more part of the show. But also on the other hand, maybe they are characters that are best suited for just being the butt of jokes as opposed to being actual characters that we want to know more about. I don't know. What do you think? I
2: agree with you on that point. I think, uh, yeah, I don't think there's too much you can do with Rod and Todd. I think they're they're good for either you know uh, over the top religious bits or over the top churchy bits, like I got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart.
3: That's where (laughs) down in my heart, Tuesday,
2: Um, or bits where it's sort of out of character, where you know, like we talked about a few episodes ago, where they're a bit creepy. Sort of, you know, perving on Lisa when she's having a shower. Oh, or something. yeah, that's right. That was, <laughs> <be creepy. laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, right. I, no, I, I wouldn't want to get too deep with with Rod and Todd. I think you know, they're a good, uh, yeah, they're good for a, a gag, and that's pretty much it. With Ned, I think you've got a little more sort of room to move.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a problem with a lot of later episodes of The Simpsons. Is you know. After 300, 400 episodes, you're going to run out of ideas and have to start fleshing out some of the side characters, mm. like your, your gills and your, your comic book guys and things like that. And I think once it gets to that point, it's kind of like, as you were saying, I don't really want to know about their life. I'm, I'm fine with them being who they are and the role they yeah. already play. But there's only, so much, there's only so many different ideas you can come up with. with the same Absolutely, part. yeah.
0: Now, if there's anything, anything at all
1: I can do to help out... with hogging Flanders. I want to comfort him.
0: (laughs) It's nice of you, Homer, but I think I'll just go to bed. Then I insist on walking you home. Homer, this really isn't necessary. Those feelings are normal,
1: Ned. They're part of the process. Watch the sprinkler. Hey, that's my sprinkler. It's natural to feel that way, but the sprinkler is gone. It's time to let go.
0: I just bought that.
1: I know, I know. It's never easy. Do you want anything else? Water? Chili fries? How about some white noise? you don't have to.
0: Sleep tight,
1: Nettie.
3: And this was just such a nice moment, wasn't it? It was very sweet. I mean, yeah, I mean,
2: we've talked a lot uh, as we've sort of looked at this uh, at season 11 of The Simpsons about how you get a lot of jerk Homer, a lot of jackass Homer. Uh, the guy's got a good heart underneath it all. Uh, and and this is a really, really good example of that. You know, every, everything from uh, yeah from Maud's death onward sort of, yeah, indicates that, you know, being uh, good and generous, it's not – well. It's not exactly second nature to Homer, but you know, when when the shit comes down or when the chips are down, he will actually, yeah, the goodness will rise to the top.
3: And I really appreciated how they ended the scene with him reaching over for Maud and her not being there. That's yeah, she, that that kind of hit me. <laughs> yeah, because it's one of those things where it's like, it's just second nature to reach over to your partner, and it's oh, like yeah. he, he, it hasn't quite sunk in yet that she's not going to be there anymore. Maybe mm. it just it, that, that was the moment that sort of hit me the most. I think.
2: Absolutely. No, we're we're on the same page with that one. Yes. Yeah, well, is that the
3: moment you're talking about at the start? That's the moment I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it's just um the, the, they don't sit on it for too long, just enough and you don't even see him react to it. He just puts his hand over and mm. he can't find her. I'm like, "Oh god, that's heartbreaking." But no, um, I it, yeah, it was really really well done. So yeah. Flanders then goes to um to talk to Homer, throwing some rocks. Oh, it's a rock fight you one, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that he's taking the time to write names on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Flanders and Homer are having a chat on the, um, on the swing in, and he blames himself and you can understand why any man in that situation would blame himself you always you know you, you lose your, your kids mm-hmm. or you lose your wife it's always like what could I have done to prevent it it's just, it's just second nature isn't it
2: oh yeah I mean even in situations that aren't as uh, dramatic or life altering as the irrevocable loss of a loved one I mean yeah even if you've done even if you've had like a terrible fight with someone that you care about and, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm beating myself up too much about this, but, you know, I, I will tend to think yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said that or, you know, could have done mm. this instead, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's not healthy to dwell on it for too long and, you know, generally people tend to move past it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it is second nature. If you've got, you know, any sort of scintilla of sensitivity in your body, you sort of go, mm, If you, you have know, a should heart. Have, should have done that differently.
3: <laughs> yes. Um, but there is no easy answer. Or so Flanders thinks because then Homer gets an idea and he starts <laughs> starts filming Flanders taking off his shirt and Flanders is absolutely jacked. So we have Bart here pointing out pretty much what every viewer is thinking. Do you even have a job anymore? I think it's obvious that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just sort of their way of just saying, we know it's stupid. We know it's yeah. ridiculous that he's never at work anymore, but shut up, just enjoy this.
2: Yeah. Whenever Homer is either... Well, as we said last episode, whenever he's solemn, or whenever he's very, very certain about yeah. something, it's hilarious. Certain, yes.
3: What was it last week that you loved? Oh, the saddest day in American history. Also. Like yeah. this, this closes the in American that, history. that closes the saddest chapter in American history. It closes
2: the saddest chapter in American
3: history. Lisa is helping him with the edit. Very, um, very old school. This isn't it. Like the old VHS. On my first video editing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but we get the star wipe. And, and, and I appreciated that they had the star wipe into the next scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was good, wasn't it?
1: Single women of Springfield, your prayers have been flanchered. Ned flancered, that is.
0: Is this a dating video? Josh,
1: what would you say about a man who owns his own house and his own car? That's Ned Flanders. A man who's not afraid to cry. Hey, Ned. <laughs>
0: So that's why you maced me. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Ned does everything with class. Whether he's punching in his ATM code... ...or keeping clean in the shower. Homer! But don't take my word for it. Listen to this testimonial.
0: Oh, I would date Ned in a second if I was a woman or gay. He looks like a cuddler, that Ned. I, I like that. I like to be held. I like to be pampered.
1: So if you're tired of dating the same old losers, what are you doing, Homer? Step up to the best, Ned Flanders, the man with the chest.
2: <laughs> Ew! <laughs> you can tell, yeah, Homer was just sort of giving himself a little bit of an attaboy boy after that. It's like, oh, that's a good one.
3: Oh my god! And the fact that it's got they couldn't get rid of Maggie's birth at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Flanders, however, thinks it's all too soon, yeah, and it's understandable. I mean, it's only been, like you said, a couple of months. And I thought it was a lot sooner when I watched this, but even a couple of months is still too soon when you've lost the person you've been with for, oh you know, yeah, twenty plus years. You know, well, that's been His I mean, whole life.
2: Yeah, I don't think the show could leap ahead like a year, but I, I think it's a good compromise. You know, a few months. Yeah, uh, you know, giving him a few months sort of grace period to yeah before he gets out into the into the dating game again.
3: And he's playing Scrabble by himself, and it's, it's very, very sad, but I did appreciate and I loved that um, Flancid was one of the words.
2: Well,
0: with triple word score, that's 90. <laughs> I guess my luck is starting to even out. Uh, I'm just a Q without a U.
3: <sighs> it was such a Flanders line here, wasn't it? I'm just a Q without a U. Oh, yeah. I know, I know this episode had its faults, and there's, there's reasons people don't like it, but I feel like they absolutely nailed Flanders, though, don't you reckon? I think so as well. Yeah. I mean you really get a sense that,
2: you know, that Flanders is more than just a guy who goes to church on Sunday and kinda of tut tuts at things and, you know, has a Bible verse for everything. He's a man, you know, with a with a, He's wife a human. That he, he, loved ne- he needs and a partner, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All all that stuff. And I mean and it and it does it in a way that's faithful to the Ned Flanders that we've come to know. I mean, he, he doesn't change or anything like that. Well, he, he does, you know, his circumstances change certainly, but his character I don't think changes a great deal. Oh, well, he, he does have that that brief, brief period where he kind of, you know, turns the turns away from God and also turns God away from him. Um, but no, I mean, this is um, it's a very good, uh, it's a very honest, uh, authentic uh, representation of Ned.
3: I think Ned decides to go post the dating video, and Homer's waiting for it in the mailbox. Why? <laughs> we can't explain. <laughs> um, we come back. Um, and Flanders is starting to get his, his responses to uh, to the video. Um, but he feels like he's being disloyal um, to Maud, which is understandable, but Homer says, don't worry, Maud, she's um, she's daddy in heaven. She's having a great time with Tupac Shakur. <laughs> and who is a character? Sherlock,
2: Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes is a character. <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dumb line, but it made me laugh.
1: If you select me, you'll get a lot more than a Wharton NBA pulling in 200K you'll get a woman who's poised, articulate, sophisticated, confident, and highly sexual. Hang on, I'm getting a fax. Damn, I've just been indicted. Looks like we're going to have to reschedule. How's your July?
3: Well, I... Mine's
1: (coughs) terrible. Let's talk in August.
3: I've got to admit, I find Lindsay Nagel kind of (laughs) hot. Oh, I think she's supposed to be the hot businesswoman but just has has no time for anybody but herself. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she... She is very wealthy, very attractive, very switched on. She knows what she wants, and she's not afraid to go get it. That is 100%. She is a go-getter, but I don't think a relationship is something that she really wants. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But Mrs. K um, and Skinner, this is great. I will hang up when he leaves.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like that her fat, uh, flat was very French, that she had the Paris thing up, the Paris poster. Also, I think I noticed that the wine was called like Chateau Maison, which is basically now, hu- basically house,
3: house. <laughs> that is, I believe, if I look it up now, the wine place, the winery that Bart went to in the first season. Oh, there you go. Oh, I, uh, like, a good, I like a good callback. Let's have a look. Um, yeah, it is. It's where Caesar... Yeah, so it's from the um, Crepes of Wrath from season one. Yeah. Wow, that's a great throwback, isn't it? It is. And uh, speaking of Lindsay Nagel being hot, call me fucking crazy... But I find yeah. Mrs. K hot. <laughs> I feel like she would be down for a good time. I th- it- it would be a night you would you would long remember. <laughs> you only get one chance with Edna Krabappel. I'm telling you, like it is. <laughs> she seems like she would be a great person to spend some time with. <laughs> Ooh, <yeah. laughs> um, and, then he, and then he's with Diane, and um, she's just very, very clingy, and it, it, the, so clingy to the point that even Flanders has to leave.
2: <laughs> <laughs> has to paddle away at speed. I did like that.
3: Flanders is then visiting Homer and Marge. I just like the subtlety of this where you know, obviously the kids are at home or whatever, but Flanders, he would normally be at home with Maud, but he doesn't have her anymore. So, he's gone to the mm-hmm. Flanders just to have a chat. I got, got to the Simpsons, sorry, just to have a chat. And um, and they're just, they're just there to support him. Like, yeah, no worries, you can come over. Um, and Flanders, I'm exciting as a baked potato. Darn right you are. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Marge just thinks they're neat. <laughs> I thought that's another great throwback that just sort of just, just goes under the radar there. Homer <laughs> um, reveals by accident that the Floozies in Vegas from the previous episode. <laughs> and this is where we get Fla- uh, Flanders questioning his faith. Um, so he prays the God, he just asked for a sign of some kind.
0: Lord, I never question you, but I've been wondering if your decision to take bod was well, wrong. Uh, unless this is part of your divine plan. No. Could you just give me some kind of sign? Anything. No. And after all that church chocolate I bought, Which, by the way, was gritty and had that white stuff on it. Well, I've had it!
1: Daddy, get up! You'll be late for church!
0: You boys can go with the Simpsons. I'm not going to church today. (gasps) That's right. And I may not go to church tomorrow. No, I'm not kidding. I'm going to sit right here and miss church. You just watch. Sorry,
3: sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> <laughs> really, really good stuff. We're now at the church. Um, they've got a house band covenant because the um, the organ player is on a break. And I do really love
2: ca- Lovejoy sort of, uh, you know, intro. It's like, get down and put your knees together
3: <laughs> for <laughs> <a> covenant. <laughs> it's actually a really catchy tune, isn't it? It is. Song about a man. Hmm. <laughs> um, uh, and it speaks to Flanders, doesn't it? Flanders thinks that you know she's talking about some sort of guy she picked up in a hotel, but she means the Bible, God. But um, it, the song speaks to Flanders. It sort of makes him realize, puts him back on the, on the right path, and he's very happy. The kids are proud of him that he actually came back. They gave him a big cuddle. It was a very nice moment. And he goes and introduces himself to, to Rachel Jordan. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see the, the bumper sticker on her car? I think it's like if, I the, cars are, if the cars if the cars the swaying. I'm in here praying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as, as and this conversation here just felt like. A real conversation between two adults who have lost somebody recently. You know, it's always hard to replace someone.
0: Ah, that was a lovely song. It really got to me.
2: Been through some rough times yourself?
0: I, I recently lost my wife.
2: I'm real sorry to hear that. We just lost our drummer to a Pentecostal ska band. I, I know it's not the same, but... No,
0: I hear what you're saying. It's always hard to replace someone.
2: Yeah. My name's Rachel Jordan. If you feel like talking, maybe we could grab a coffee
0: well, that that sounds real nice, Rachel. But uh, I'm
2: uh, I'm not quite. I understand. Listen, we're heading out on tour with the Monsters of Christian Rock. Maybe when we get back, you and I could get together.
0: <laughs> well, maybe we can. My name's Ned Flanders, and I'm here every week, rain or shine.
3: The the for the first act, whilst it you know wasn't much. From from the point of Maud passing away onwards, it they they told, it felt a little bit rushed. But like you said, they only had a certain amount of time. They told a really good story. They told, they sort of the, all the different um, aspects of losing your partner. They sort of channeled through with Flanders and he sort of got mm. himself right back to square one, where his life's never going to be the same again. But he's sort of he's still thankful and he's he's um, he's not excited. Excited not the word, but he's, he's positive about what he can do going forward.
2: Yeah, and I mean. His his faith uh, is uh, sort of the cornerstone of that. I mean, I remember. I think I said at the start. Yeah, of this episode, right. Yeah. But yeah, I'm here every week, rain or shine. It's like good on him. I mean, again, not to sort of you know get all true confessions on you, but I mean, about you know it's about ten years ago that my father died, right? And I mean, was it that was a, it that long? Wow, it really? Was. It was twenty. It was wow. twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, um, it was his birthday actually the other day. So uh, happy, happy birthday. birthday, Bobby! Happy birthday, Bob! Yeah, I hope you're celebrating with Polly and the rest of the team upstairs. Um, You know, and our family's Catholic, Well, and I was raised Catholic, but, I mean, I've never really been... I was never much of a church kid, even back in the day. And, you know, I haven't sort of set foot in a church regularly since I was about 18 years old, since, you know, I didn't have to go to church with my parents anymore. But, you know, we had a church service um, when Dad died, and I could see the... He, it, sorry, solace. Just for one
3: second, he had he had a really big funeral, right? It was in the papers it, and everything. It was pretty big. <laughs> yeah, 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 it, yeah. It was a pretty
2: big deal. And I, I you know, I, I gave a gave a eulogy there, and I mean, I could look at it and oh, I okay, could see yeah. that there were a lot of people there who were, and you know, some of the members of my family who were drawing a great deal of solace from the rituals that uh, you know that the church provides. Look, the church, particularly the Catholic Church does a lot of bad shit, or it gets a lot of shit wrong, but it can also do a lot of things right and 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 certainly in this circumstance this was one of them. I mean I could see what it meant to people to be together in a sort of a with a common th- uh, thread that united them in this case it was you know, in faith in this case so that's that's why I think Ned's kind of um, situation spoke to me. So much and why it sort of resonated with me
3: anyway, yeah, that's, it's, I think you're right there, and I think that's sort of a, a, an aspect that a lot of people who aren't churchgoers don't really think about. No, they don't think about the positives of it you because know, you only ever see the negatives in the news.
2: Yeah, that is I mean look I'm still not a not a regular church guy, but I mean that, uh, yeah, but that whole community aspect of it is something that I can uh, relate to and, and applaud I guess. What do we learn, Palmer? So what'd you learn from the episode, Mister Davis? Um, look, this is I'm I'm feeling very sort of touchy feely in talking about this episode, but I guess the uh, the main thing I sort of derive from it is you know never wait to tell your loved ones how you feel about them. I mean, I think it's very easy to sort of go days, m- weeks, sometimes even months without you know telling your mum or your sister or whoever that um, that they're important to you and. Who knows? They might, you know, get hit by a T-shirt and fall off a grandstand, and you will never mm. get the chance to say it again. So, you know, do it on the regular. That's my that's my takeaway from it, at least.
3: Well, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to top that, so I'll leave it at that. But it's, it's it's a good point you bring up because, like, even like my nan passed away a couple of weeks ago, and it's like I look back now and think oh, I can't remember the last time I actually said the words "love you." And like mm. I know that she knew, but I don't think I ever like said "I oh, love you, nan." And it's, it's a good point. You you need to. Don't ever feel embarrassed or bad to tell your loved ones that you love them. Mm. You know, it's just it's it's very very important that, you know, family is the most important thing. If you if you're fortunate enough to have a family who are loving and caring and oh, you've got not have to be family, just people yeah. someone in your life. Just someone in your life. Your circle make, of people. Your tribe. Yes, make sure, whoever, make sure you yeah. remind them how important they are to you because yeah, like you said, you never know yeah. when there's going to be a bunch of t-shirts flying around the corner.
2: Exactly, yeah. And, um, you know, if you're a repressed, you know, middle-aged white guy like myself, and if you've got to put a bit bit of a, you know, (laughs) spin on it, do that. But, you know, make sure the message gets across regardless. I mean, you know, look, I've got got friends that I've, you know, been friends with all my life since I was about five or six years old. And, look, I'd live or die for, eh, some of them. (laughs) Well, look, most of them. But, um... It's only very rarely on and on certain occasions that yeah you know, you'll actually say the words love you man or or something like that but yeah, yeah it's important to do so you all know yeah. this people I'm not telling yourself you don't already know but you know it bears repeating every once in a while
3: and if you haven't, if you haven't got the time to say I love you just a simple pat in the butt will suffice
1: <laughs> nicely done Dando.
3: it's the patron mailbag time Okay, mailbag time. Thank you, Mitch. All right, Mr. Davis, we'll run through a couple of questions here, and then we'll get on our way. All right, first question here comes from Mr. Taylor Lang. What does he say? He says, "If you were to die in a sports-related incident, how would you choose to go for maximum style points?" Ooh, I'd like to go. I'd like to go like uh, gladiator style. You know, remember the old show Gladiators? Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that, what a spectacle it would be if you, if you, you know somehow could, like. Like, decapitated by Vulcan or something. (laughs) How do you think you would go on Gladiators?
2: Oh, I think I'd suck. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'd be no good on any of those
3: shows. I mean, did you watch Ninja Warrior or any of those ones that were on recently? I watched maybe one episode of it, but it was just not my thing. Because the the thing is, Gladiators, I liked it because you knew... I mean, maybe like 1 in 20 made it through, but there were just people on there who thought they were better than the Gladiators. They were just losers. But Ninja oh, yeah. Warrior is people who are genuinely fit doing obstacle courses and mean more power to them. They're fucking great at what they do. They're, they're incredible athletes. But it just makes me feel really unfit. With Gladiators, I feel like it, they, they throw on pe- regular people in there and it's like because of the scenario, it's like there's a chance that, you know, maybe the Gladiator slips or something goes wrong yeah. and you can still beat these guys. But when it's just Ninja Warrior, I'm like, I can't do this.
2: Yeah, every once in a while, you get the, an underdog might actually sort of, uh, yeah, get lucky, or or not even get lucky, just you know have sort of s- stealthy skills. I mean, like that uh, that one quiet ninja in that in that episode of The Simpsons, who's like, you know, he's going to do something good.
3: Um, and <laughs> yeah, I just love the gladiators' faces too when they've been beaten. It's like, oh shit, I ain't coming back next season.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, Vulcan, I think was probably the scariest looking one. He he always looked kind of. 3 a.m. at the nightclub bouncer kind of scary. He's like, it's the end of my shift. I'm fucking sick of this shit. If anyone steps to me, I'm just going to fuck them up. Well, he, he, he was like the poster
3: boy for Gladiators Australia, wasn't he?
2: I reckon... Vulcan's the first one, the both of us name. Can
3: you name any others? I don't think I could. I For some reason, I think there must have been a female called Tornado. Oh, okay. It, it just sounds like a Gladiator name. Tornado. Hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> Tidal wave. Uh, next question comes from... Alice Kaylee Burton, she says, yeah, in case you were challenged to a rock fight, whose names would you write on them? Uh, I, don't, I don't feel like I'd ever want to throw rocks at people. I must confess, yeah, anytime I sort of hear about rock fights, I'm like, that sounds
2: terribly dangerous.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, da- da- Dangerous and not fun for anyone. I mean, it's not fun for anyone. It's not fun to get hit by a rock and it won't be fun to, to throw a rock, see someone get hurt and go, oh, I, I, I inflicted that pain.
2: Yeah, I mean,. You know, watching it recently, I rewatched, you know, it chapter one and chapter two. And they've got the rock fight in that. Honestly, the rock fight scared me more than Pennywise. Cause, <laughs> Cause I mean, you, you catch a rock in the mouth and there's your teeth fucked. You know, you get one on the on the head. It's like, oh, you're probably gonna get a you know, dirty great Harry Potter scar on your forehead. You know, and this is Brain best damage. case Yeah, this is best case scenario stuff. Um, yeah, so I can't say I'm pro rock fight and therefore would probably not have anyone's names on on uh, anyone in my uh, in my rock bucket.
3: Uh, final question here. Well, let's let's run through it. Uh, Hamish Wilson says, oh, this is a good one for you." What other character deaths in other shows? We can even throw movies in there. He hasn't said movies. We'll throw movies in there that you've loved, hated, or didn't expect. And do you think they did justice to the character? Mm. For for me, t- TV character deaths. I remember because I, I really like Mash. I remember when uh, Colonel Henry Blake. You didn't oh, yeah. see him die, but he'd left to go back home. He was happy to, you know, be discharged and be going back home to America. And the whole episode's about him. His farewell, saying goodbye. Can't wait to see you once you come back to America, blah, blah, blah. And then they're all in the operating room at the end. The last 30 seconds, radar walks in and says that the helicopter crashed and there were no survivors. And it's just this panning shot across mm-hmm. the surgeon's room of all the characters, including Hot Lips, who was, you know, I'm not sure whether Frank was there, but including Hot Lips, who, you know, was the... The antagonist, you know, she, her, and um, Hawkeye didn't get along or whatnot. But they sort of all just sort of looked at each other, and there was just tears in their eyes. No one says anything because they have to keep working. They're, they're in the middle mm. of surgery, but just tears start coming down their eyes, and it's a very, it's a very touching moment. Yeah, that's when it sort of stands out to me.
2: It is, yeah. Mash, mash tended to play for keeps, man. I mean, it, uh, you know, it's generally regarded as kind of a not a lightweight comedy, but I mean, it, it's remembered more as a comedy than anything else. But I mean, when it had to go dark or when it wanted to sort of say, well, no, this is actually wartime and shit happens, they'd really, they wouldn't pull too many punches. And it, you know, was, yeah, frequently quite memorable and quite, uh, yeah, moving, touching, or even kind of haunting like that
3: one. Yeah, you're right. Can, can I also just point out, there's a, on, to, on that topic with M.A.S.H., yes. there is an episode where Hawkeye is, uh, he has to go to um to therapy to sort of uh, remember why he's having these like uh, nightmares and whatnot about a chicken. Mm. But it wasn't. It wasn't a bad chick. It turns out that um, spoiler alert: um, he was in a truck with a bunch of um, of um, civilians, and they had to remain quiet. And this woman down the back had a baby, and the baby mm. started crying. But in order to save everybody's life, she smothers her own child. Mm. That's about as fucking heavy as TV can get,
2: man. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, when I was thinking about that, and yeah, uh, and yeah, Hulk. Well, I thought it was a chicken, and it turns out, yeah, that was actually a baby that she was holding. Yeah, it's. Uh pretty pretty gnarly stuff i mean yeah mash went for it um mm. I, I was thinking about uh yeah i was thinking about this question i think probably the death that maybe not affected me most but that i reckon was really sort of it had a great deal of impact and it was played well into the, in the story was in breaking bad where um
3: um so, so this is for a spoiler out if anyone who hasn't seen breaking bad skip through a minute at least yes indeed uh
2: or or maybe five because I tend to wrap it on. No 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 no. But um, uh, Jesse's girlfriend, I believe, it was Jane, played by Kristen Ritter, who went on to play Jessica Jones on uh, on, on Netflix. Um, I think she's like, I don't know if she's a recovering addict or not. But you know, they're both sort of drug buddies, and um, she comes close to OD. Well, yeah, she's overdosing one night, lying next to a um, lying next to Jesse, who's passed out. I think Walter White comes in, sees that she's you know in a bad way, but he's like, well, you know, she's kind of just you know, she's going to take Jesse away from me, so I'm not going to do anything. You know, she's
3: the Yoko in this situation. Pretty
2: much, yeah. He's like, I'm not going to kill her, but you know, I'm not going to save her either. He's pulling a Batman Begins, not right, but um, yeah. I mean, that that scene and but then but more like the. the overflow from that sort of the the uh, what happened next with you know and how it affected Jesse, uh, yeah, it it was really powerful stuff for mine. So yeah, that that's probably where I'm going to go with this one.
3: Should we also mention Mrs. Landingham in our uh, West Wing? We can indeed, because that's um that's one of the most iconic uh, forty five minutes of television ever. That finale oh, season, that right? old yeah, oh, that that whole, but, uh, but she's not, but she's not even in the finale though. It's, it's just before the finale. But I sort of. I sort of put that episode just before the finale and the finale as one episode. But um, yeah. but yeah, when, when they find out that she's been killed in that car accident and she's just bought that new car and she was so oh. excited for it, it's man, it's a heartbreaker. Yeah. And yeah, Martin
2: Sheen really brings it in his whole sort of, uh, yeah, railing against God thing. It's, yeah, it's good
3: stuff. What about um, one, one final one? This is one that I kind of, well, oh, I knew it was going to happen because I'd read some of the comics, but um, have you ever seen Glenn getting killed in Walking Dead?
2: No, I haven't. No, I mean, so I've, I've,
3: I've heard about it, but I
2: mean, I think I, with all due respect to the show, I think I would sort of tapped out of Walking Dead by that stage.
3: Yeah, I think most most of us had. I mean, it's still going now, but anyway. Um, but yeah, he he gets his head caved in by this guy with a with Ooh. Lucille, the, the bat covered in barbed wire. And it's just, um, it's pretty full on, man. So he, he's still alive whilst his head's caved in, his eyes hanging out. It's one of the most violent, gruesome things that I've ever seen on television. And it's sort of... It got to the point where Nicola and I used to watch The Walking Dead, and I think that was a turning point where a lot of viewers went, you know what, I don't want to watch this anymore. This just made me feel sad. It was disgusting. It made me feel like almost like physically ill. Why would I put myself through this? The storylines aren't that great. So, I think like that moment there really turned a lot of viewers away.
2: I think you get that with with certain shows, and, and, and even popular ones with huge fan bases. I mean... As say, as powerful as like the red wedding scene in, in Game of Thrones was, I think that also may have turned a lot of people off as well. I mean, I think it was, it was vital for the story, and I think it was true to the Game of Thrones story and tone. But yeah, I think a lot of people might go,
3: yeah, you know what, this is just getting too cruel. But anyway, that is our review of uh, Alone Again, Natural Diddly. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the more positive uh, take on the episode review compared to when Mitch and I reviewed it many moons ago. But like I said, if you listen to this on the free feed, it's going to be a $1 page and you get access to Mitch and I talking about it as well. Uh, next week, we're going to be reviewing an episode called Missionary Impossible. Now, don't get too excited, Guy, because it's not a play on Mission Impossible.
2: Boo! <laughs> <laughs>
3: so that is next week Uh, don't forget guys rate and review us in the iTunes store would really appreciate you sending in uh, your words your kind words and some 5 star reviews if you feel like it don't forget plenty of exclusive uh, podcasts on 4 finger discount patreon patreon.com slash 4 finger discount tales of Futurama has returned this week uh, with Mitch and myself or Guy and I are now doing Talking Seinfeld if you like Seinfeld plus plenty of other bonus exclusive podcasts on there as well patreon.com slash 4 finger discount but for now, I am Dando Mitch. I'm oh, not Mitch. Fuck! I just did a podcast with Mitch. Guy, <laughs> any final words? Oh. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, no, wow! No. If you if you pause the
2: podcast at that moment, you actually hear guys heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs>